0: Amen. Just remain standing, turn to Acts chapter 6, we'll read one verse there, and we'll pray and let you be seated. Acts chapter number 6, and if you would look down to verse number 3, we've read this verse in all the messages over the past three weeks, and I think tonight will be the last night we read verse number 3. Acts chapter number 6, verse number 3, we know very well the context of what we're going to read tonight, because we've been looking at this series of a choice servant how God chooses his servants and the choices that we make that lead to us being chosen by God to be used. Acts chapter number 6, <clears throat> look down to verse number 3. The Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. I'm going to read it one more time. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. We covered that last week and tonight, we're going to look at that next word where the Bible says, and wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Bless it tonight. Pray your will and your will alone be accomplished in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We started three weeks ago, I guess four weeks ago now, this series on a choice servant and how the choices that we make lead us to be chosen by God and to be used by God. I think probably we probably most of us are on a similar political footing in this country as we recognize how entitled so many people in our country are of how we just want it and we demand it and we should get it simply because we want it. And if we don't want it bad enough, then we sit back and we're envious of other people that do have it. And rather than go out there and bust it and do whatever it takes for me to get what they have and to work hard to achieve what they've been able to achieve, I'm just going to sit back and gripe and complain and be envious of that. Well, I think a lot of times that same attitude enters the church to where we see people that are used of God. We see people that God uses to do great things, people that God uses to do small things, but inevitably and undoubtedly we see people that God uses in ways that we are envious of. And it's easy to sit back and be jealous of them. It's easy to sit back and say, I wish I could get to do that, and I wish I could have that privilege, and I wish that God would use me to do that, and I thought of it this way this afternoon, we'd rather be envious than be engaged. We'd rather sit back and wonder why they got picked and they got to be used of God to do what they were used of rather than working and doing what it takes to get the attention of God to be used ourselves. We looked at Acts chapter six in the first week on how God chooses. In verse number three, the Bible says He chose seven men of all. report. Are we all right? Is that me? Amen. All right. Is that a somebody's a dive in front of me? Somebody was shooting bullets at me. Nobody came up here to rescue me. I love you too. But we look. Do I need to go with this? This one here? Yeah, we're going to go with that. All right. Can I cut this one off? Good deal. We're going to cut that one off. These electronic demons get in these things. We need to go out there and anoint it with some castor oil or something like that. Get those guys out of there. So let's try this again. Look down at verse number three. We saw how God chooses. Verse number three is his men of honest report. And we look mainly the first week that God chooses character, not capability. When God goes to use people, sometimes we think, well, if I had their voice... If I had their singing ability, if I had their intellect, that maybe God would use me. But notice it says of honest report. That is their character. That's not their capability. So God chooses through character, not capability. And the second week, we noticed that in verse number three, in verse number five, and then in verse number eight, the word full was mentioned over and over again. Full, full, full. So we looked at choosing to be full and your level of spirituality and your level of occupation in your heart of the things of God, that's a choice that you get to make. You choose whether you're going to be full or not. That's why the Bible says, be ye filled with the Spirit. That's a choice that we get to make whether or not we're going to be filled or just have enough to pacify us. Last week, we looked at verse number three where the Bible says, full of the Holy Ghost and how Stephen was chosen and used of God. He he chose to allow the Holy Spirit of God to have the controlling interest in his life. There's another thing in verse number three, I just mentioned it to you a moment ago, where the Bible says he was full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So tonight we're going to look at the subject of choosing wisdom. Choosing wisdom. A lot of times we think that wisdom is somewhat of a gift that God bestows upon some people, but God passes up other people. Now, remember the Bible says that God's not a respecter of persons. And I believe tonight that every Christian has the opportunity to have the wisdom of God should we so choose to have the wisdom of God. So, How do you know that? Well, James chapter 1, verse number 5, the Bible says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. What does that mean? You get to the place in your life, I can't wonder, can I? The one night that I feel like wandering away from the pulpit, I can't wonder. It just meant to be for me to stay behind this thing tonight. We get to the place where we do not have wisdom. We do not have godly wisdom, and we desire it so much that we go to God and we ask for that. You see, that's a choice that we make. Now, folks, whether or not you have the wisdom of God and you're filled with the wisdom of God is up to you tonight, and I believe Stephen shows us how we can choose wisdom. I'll give you three points on this subject of choosing wisdom. Number one tonight, I want to show you what choosing wisdom does, and notice that choosing wisdom shows our submission to God. Choosing wisdom shows our submission to God. Now, let me explain this for you to you for a moment. You say, "Well, how does relationship between choosing wisdom and submission to God?" Well, you need to understand what wisdom is. Too often, we relate and we equate wisdom to knowledge. You know, there's a great difference tonight between wisdom and knowledge. Did a little research these past few days and notice that the term, uh, the definition for the term knowledge means this, the facts, information, and skills that are acquired by mankind. The facts, the information, and skills that are acquired by mankind. Now let me tell you, in the world we live in today, there is an endless supply of knowledge that you can go out there and get. I saw something I've never seen before. It's called the Buckminster's Knowledge Doubling Curve. Say that five times fast. The Buckminster's knowledge doubling curve, I have a picture of it, I want to show you tonight, it shows the increase of knowledge in the society that we live in as human beings. Now, here's what's interesting. Up until the year 1900, all of the knowledge that mankind was able to bring in and able to absorb, it doubled once every hundred years up until the year 1900. It doubled every hundred years up until the year 1900. By the end of World War II, the knowledge that was within the world and the things that we could come to know, it equated up to the amount that it doubled every 25 years. But the 1980s rolled around, it was doubling every 18 months. And now as we go into 2020, IBM projects that knowledge will double every 12 weeks. The available knowledge that is out there in the world because of the the connections we have in the world, because of the internet, the available knowledge is spiking. So knowledge seems like a good thing, but here's the problem. Notice as knowledge goes up, I want you to see something in the the next graph I have for you tonight. Notice the marriage rates in America. As our knowledge goes up, the marriage rates in America have gone down. Not only have the marriage rates gone down, but full people's affiliation in church has also gone down. I believe we have another graphic. I'll show you there. So notice tonight that our increase in knowledge has not been beneficial to our society. Why? Because there's a vast difference between knowledge and wisdom. So what is wisdom tonight? Wisdom is the applying the knowledge in the proper order. Wisdom is applying the knowledge in the proper order. Listen, you can have all of the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply it in the proper order, it's not going to work out. And even though America and the rest of our country and the rest of our world is becoming more knowledgeable, we're becoming less wise. So, what we need tonight is wisdom. Someone put it this way one time knowledge tells you that tomato is a fruit. Did you know that? Did you know that tomatoes are a fruit? Knowledge tells you that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom tells you that it doesn't belong in fruit salad Now can you imagine going to a can of, of that, you know, what's that? Chiquita brand? Is that, the, is that the stuff? The name brand stuff? Not the great value, but the Chiquita brand that actually has the real cherries in it And, and you're pouring that out in a bowl, and can you imagine pouring out a big old slice of tomato? Nasty I mean, that just don't work. I want to go after the tomato. I mean, after the cherries, not the tomatoes. So knowledge tells you that it's a fruit, but wisdom tells you that it doesn't belong in fruit salad. Someone also said this: knowledge is what to say, and wisdom tells you when and how to say it. Tonight, I believe what the church desperately needs is wisdom. If we're going to fulfill the will of God and be someone that God can use, we must understand tonight that choosing wisdom shows our submission to God. Now, here's why it shows our submission to God. When you pray to God, James 1 tells, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When you pray to God and you ask for wisdom, seeking wisdom acknowledges our need for God's order. Understand that. So we have a lot of knowledge, and we may know a lot about the Bible tonight, and we've got a lot of facts from the Word of God tonight, but we must have God's order and God's wisdom to present the knowledge in the right way. I fear tonight that we're relying more on our knowledge than God's wisdom. Understand it this way, asking for wisdom submits our mind to God's motives asking for wisdom is when we submit our minds to what God wants to do with our minds listen only God can do through the knowledge what God can do and when we rely on it for ourselves as far as we can go is as far as we can go i want to show you tonight from scripture that every one of us live by your knowledge or God's wisdom every person tonight lives by your knowledge or God's wisdom. Why? Knowledge says this. Knowledge says, I've got this. Knowledge says, I've got this. The Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 1 that knowledge puffeth up. Knowledge puffeth up. What does that mean? When I rely on my knowledge, that puffs me up in pride. But can I tell you what wisdom says? Wisdom says, God, I need you. When we pray and we ask God for wisdom to deal and to do His will according as He would have us to, and we're asking God for wisdom, we are submitting ourselves that we cannot, but He can. Now, folks, if we go out there and try to do the will of God on our own, we're going to fall flat on our face. But when we cry out for the wisdom of God, we are submitting to Him that we can't, but we believe that He can. I don't know about you, that excites me tonight. We see the Pharisees so often, the problem they had was they couldn't fit Christ in with their knowledge. When they had to choose between Christ and had to choose with what they thought, they always went with what they thought and they pushed Christ out. Now folks, tonight I believe that's why we're not very fruitful in the church. We, we've been saved for so long, we've got so much figured out. we don't need to rely on God. We don't need the wisdom of God. and tonight the reason God's not using us is because we're not crying out for wisdom and submitting our will to Him. This is why they chose Stephen. He was a man full of wisdom. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 19:21, there are many devices in a man's heart. That means many devices means many thoughts. Many opportunities, many decisions that a man can make. But the Bible says the counsel of the Lord shall stand. The counsel of the Lord shall stand. What does that mean? That means we can't trust our thoughts, but we can trust the wisdom of God. That's why David says, set a watch over my mouth. Some of us need to make that their life's verse tonight. Let me set a watch over my mouth. I mean, sometimes these two lips get me in so much trouble. I need somebody to put a watch over my mouth. You know what I need? I need the wisdom of God. You say, well, I'm smart enough to figure all this out. Yeah, I'm smart enough to get myself in trouble. So I need to rely on the wisdom of God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, do you understand what the fear of the Lord is? The fear of the Lord is not when you're frightened and scared of God. It's when you know that God is there and you are here. That's what the fear of the Lord is. And so the reason we cry out to God for wisdom is we know he's up there and we're down there and we must depend upon him to fulfill his will. Knowledge says, I got this. Wisdom says, I need you. I remember when we walked out of Merritt, I keep wanting to call it Merritt, Wesley, and Methodist. They've changed it so many times. They're going to change it again before it's all said and done, I'm sure. Remember, we walked out of the hospital with our daughter, our newborn daughter, I'm carrying the car carrier for the first time. Very proud moment in my life. My wife had a, a bow in her hair, and she's had a bow in her hair, it seems like, ever since. We walked out of the hospital, and we got her buckled in the car and made sure the car seat was there. I'm looking at this tiny little human being that God has gifted my wife and I, given us the privilege to raise and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't do this. No, I didn't take off running across the parking lot. Tell my wife, "This is on you now. It's all yours." No, you tell what I did. It drove me to my knees. Say, God, I don't, I don't know how to be a dad. Never been a dad before. Twenty-five years old, but knew a lot about life. I didn't know anything about having a child of my own. Working around a youth camp, we'd helped a lot of other people's kids, but it's different when they go home with you. The kids at the camp would just send them home. You know, your kid's being a heathen. Take them out of here. You know, send them home. But this is mine. And she's going to stay there and she's going to live there and she's going to cry all night long. Say, God, I don't know how to do this. It, it's my responsibility to take this child, raise her to the nurture and admonition of the Lord, to train her up in the way that she should go, and, 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 and to make her a tool that God could use one day. I cannot do this. God says, I know you can, but I can. And if you will trade in your knowledge for my wisdom, you'll be amazed at what I could do. But you're going to have to depend upon me. I heard a story one time. uh, It's one of those laugh out loud moments. You ever have one of those? Miss Pam every once in a while probably hears me laughing in the office. Uh, Sometimes they're my own jokes. I just tell myself my own jokes and you don't laugh so I figure I will. I was back there in the office the other day reading a story about a captain of a battleship. The captain was sailing down on his way to run maneuvers wherever it was up the coast and he spotted what he thought was another ship out there and the, the ship was blinking its light telling him, move 10 degrees north. Well, he, sends, he tells his signal man, he says, signal him back and tell him, this is the captain, you move 10 degrees south. And the guy flashes his light back and he says, no, you move 10 degrees north. He says, this is the captain of a battleship. You move 10 degrees south. He says, my name is is John Smith so-and-so, and I'm ordering you to move 10 degrees north. Finally, he comes back. He says, I am a rank general, so on and so forth. I am ordering you to turn 10 degrees south. The message that came back from the other signal man made the signal man on the boat shiver just a little bit. The captain asked him, he says, what did he say? He says this. He says, I am a lighthouse. Turn 10 degrees south. (laughs) It was at that moment that the captain of the boat realized that he was going to have to give in to the lighthouse. The lighthouse always gets the right of way. Let me tell you something tonight. That's God, and that's the wisdom of God. Look, we can sit back in our pride. That's why knowledge puffeth up. We can sit back in our pride, and we can demand our way, and we're going to do it our way, and we're going to be successful our way, and God's the lighthouse telling you you're not going to get it done without my wisdom. Now, if you want to be used of God, you want to be a choice servant, understand God's not going to use people who rely on their own knowledge. He's going to use people that are full of his wisdom. Because, see, he gets the glory through that. This is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord. With what? All of our heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. You see, that captain almost wrecked his boat because he was leaning on his own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? Listen to the lighthouse. He knows what's going on. He's trying to steer you in a safe direction. God chooses people that are willing to, to work the will of God in the wisdom of God. And if you want to be used of God, you want to be somebody that God was to choose like he chose Stephen, understand you've got to be full of wisdom, talking about the wisdom of God. I read something today, I've, I've never really put two and two together, but in Joshua chapter number one, you probably know this, I think I quoted it Sunday morning, Joshua chapter one, we know that Moses has just died. Listen close, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Moses, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. Can you imagine being the guy that God chose to replace Moses? I mean, man, what an awesome opportunity that God chose Joshua to replace Moses. Now, why did God choose Joshua? You've got to go back one chapter and read the last chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 34. And when you read down in verse number nine, the last chapter of Deuteronomy, we find out in verse eight that Moses has died in their mourning. Verse nine says this, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Notice who God chose in Joshua chapter one, the one who was full of wisdom. God says, Joshua will submit to me. Joshua does not have the intelligence to lead three million people across this wilderness. I need someone who's willing to submit their will to mine. That's what wisdom is. When we trade our intelligence for God's wisdom. Now, sooner than later, we need to realize tonight that we need God's wisdom to do God's will. We need to get to the place where we submit all that we have to be used of God. Listen, there's nothing wrong with intelligence. I think it's important. I think it's something all of us could work on a little bit. I think it's good to read books. I think it's good to get smarter. But understand, you're not getting smarter to glorify ourselves. We're getting smarter to give God more tools to work with. We're going to submit all of that to Him. So often we learn to rely on ourselves. So number one, wisdom is submitting ourselves to God. Number two... Choosing wisdom shows our desire to be used. Choosing wisdom shows our desire to be used. Watch how this works. Knowledge often glories in itself. We get so much knowledge, as Romans chapter 1 says, we profess ourselves to be wise and we become fools. We get so smart, I'm not going to say it, but we get unintelligent. We get so smart, we get unintelligent. Now, folks, if we're going to be used of God, understand that being used of God is being used through his wisdom. This is why he used Stephen. Wisdom seeks to glorify God through service. If you want to be used by God, understand God's going to use you through wisdom. When we seek the wisdom of God, we're sending a flare-up to God that I want to be used. You see, when God sees us praying for wisdom and asking for wisdom, we are showing, number one, I'm submitting my knowledge to your use. But then number two, we're showing God, I want to be used. You're only going to work through wisdom, and I want to be used, so therefore I'm asking for wisdom. The greatest example of this is probably in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let me read this to you. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 7, the Bible says this. As Solomon becomes king, he says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. So here's Solomon saying, you've made me king instead of my dad. Almost as if Solomon is saying, my dad needs to be sitting on this throne, but you've made me king. Watch what he says in verse 7. It says, And I am but a little child. I not, know not how to go out or come in. Solomon is telling God, I can't do this. I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I'm still as a little child. Notice Solomon is submitting to God. I can't do this. And then what does he ask for? Verse 8, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. What was Solomon praying for? Verse 12 tells you, Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. Solomon was asking for wisdom. Why? Because he wanted God to use him. He was submitting himself to God, that God, I can't do this, but I want to be used of you. And so in order to be used of you, I need wisdom. And so he called out to God. He says, Give me wisdom. Now folks, if we genuinely want to be used of God, you're going to seek wisdom. If you genuinely want God to choose you as he chose Stephen, as he chose so many others throughout Scripture, understand tonight, if you want to be used, it requires wisdom, godly wisdom. This is what the Bible says in verse 3. He was full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Boy, I have read through these verses a lot lately. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 really kind of hones in on this. Listen close to what the Bible says. Paul is asking the church at Colossae in verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. So in Colossians 4, 2, and 3, Paul says, pray for us, that God would give us utterance. Paul's wanting to be used of God. Verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Paul says, I want to be used of God. God. Paul says, pray for us that God would use us. Verse 5 says this, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Now, notice that. Paul is telling the church that they need to go toward those that are without. But he, notice he says the way that they're supposed to walk. Walk in wisdom. He said, if you're going to go after people and you're going to reach people, understand you must walk in wisdom. Too often, here's what I think a mistake we make in the church, we go after people with intelligence. Think about that. We memorize every scripture and the Romans wrote backwards and forwards and upside down and we can quote all of this, nothing wrong with that. But we go in the power of our intelligence rather than walking in wisdom. Now, notice the Bible says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. If you're going to reach those that are without, it's not going to be through intelligence. It's going to be through the wisdom of God. Now, here's the good news. The good news is tonight, you may not have it, but it's available. Not everybody can be a genius. Amen? There's a few folks in here, their their intelligence blows my mind. You know, how we connect numbers and letters. I've been over there with those kids. Some of those kids are smart over there. Mom and dad, you've done a great job with a few of them. A few of them I'm not sure about, but a few of them you've done, you've done good with. You don't have to have intelligence, but you've got to have wisdom. You see, when we go with intelligence, nothing wrong with that, but you're relying on self. Knowledge puffeth off. That's why the Bible uses the term in Ephesians, the vanity of our mind. The vanity of our mind. That means we're relying on ourselves to do what God's called us to do. And the Bible says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Maybe the reason tonight we're not winning people is we're trying to win them intellectually rather than through the wisdom of God. He tells us wisdom's available. He tells us we can have it if we just ask for it. But we've got to desire to be used before we ask for it. I think it's interesting that at the end of that passage, the Bible says, redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. It's almost as if God is saying, you're wasting your time unless you do walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. I think tonight, so often we go, and we go in the intelligence and the vanity of our mind, and it's a waste of time rather than a redeeming of the time. Colossians 3.16, the verse right across the page, listen to what it says. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So there's what. There's what to do. The word of Christ dwell in you. But notice the how. In all wisdom. Teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What is that saying? That is saying that wisdom does something. Knowledge we hoard, and knowledge we get puffed up with it, but wisdom goes into action. So number two tonight, choosing wisdom shows our desire to be used. The last thing is probably my favorite, but we're doing good on our time tonight. I want you to notice the result In verse number 10 of Acts chapter 6, of Stephen's willingness to go in wisdom. In Acts chapter 6, in verse number 10, the Bible says this, And they were not able to resist the wisdom. Do you notice that? They were not able to resist the wisdom. So notice Stephen goes... To dispute and to preach and to try to win these people to Christ. He goes in wisdom, verse number 3. The Bible says in verse number 10, they were not able to resist the wisdom. Now folks, if we go in the, the intelligence and the vanity of our mind to try to do the will of God, that is resistible. I have run into people before that have not only matched wits with me, they have overcome me with their wits. I mean, you get a hold of some of these charismatics, man. You want to go to the house, climb under the bed, and hide. I mean, uh, they've been in those cults long enough. They, they think they know what they believe. You, it makes you want to come back and get in your Bible just a little bit more. They'll overcome your intelligence. But the Bible says here they were not able to resist the wisdom, the wisdom that Stephen had. Can I ask you this tonight? Imagine how God views those who don't ask for wisdom. How does God view those who do not ask for wisdom? You see, by not going to God and asking for wisdom to do His will, number one, we're saying that we don't need it. Because we ask what we have need of. Tonight, we spent time at a prayer altar praying for our country. Why? I believe tonight our country is greatly in need. We're willing to bow a knee on behalf of our country and ask God to work and ask God to give healing in our country tonight. I think the reason we don't pray for wisdom is because we don't think we need it. We're going in the vanity of our mind. I used to work for my dad years ago in construction, and we get to the job, and especially the winter. The winter time was tough in construction. You get there, big big bunks of lumber, and there would be ice on the lumber, and you're out there scraping the ice off the, the boards with your hammer and all of that, and I'll be totally honest with you. I did not feel like getting out of the truck on those days. You don't want to stay in there and just stay in the warmth just a little bit longer. Finally, I'd make myself get out of the truck we go out there, and I'd start moving this around, moving that around. And my dad would ask me a question that he asked me many times. Where are your tools? So they're in the truck. He said, go put your tools on. He said, if you plan on getting anything done, you're going to need your tools. I just didn't feel like it, to be honest with you. You know, it's cold. It's the morning time. I, just don't, I don't feel like it. But you see, by not having my tools on, I was giving him the posture that I wasn't expecting to get a whole lot done. I was not fully equipped to do the job that I was there to do. And I believe tonight our father looks down. He sees us on the job without our tools on. What are our tools? Wisdom. We must have the wisdom of God in order to be used of God to fulfill the will of God. And God looks down and God says, where are your tools? Where are your tools? We don't think we need them. Why? Because we don't plan on using them. So think about this tonight. Asking for wisdom shows our submission to God. God. Asking for wisdom shows that we want to be used. The last thing, it kind of came late this afternoon, but but what a beautiful picture we have here. Choosing wisdom shows a heart that desires to help. Choosing wisdom shows a heart that desires to help. Now, here's what I want you to notice. When you pray and you ask God for wisdom, you're showing a motivation, listen closely, that you would rather win them than skin them. Let that sink in for a second. When you ask God for wisdom, God, help me to go to them in the way that you want me to go to them. Anybody can knock on any door and begin spouting off Scripture. But in order for you to win that person and to win those that are without, you must walk in wisdom. Wisdom shows I care enough about reaching you that I'm not just going to come to you, I'm going to come to you in the right way. And so as Stephen was used of God, because God could see that Stephen cared enough for those that were without to go, not only do the right things, but do the right things the right way. Do you know you can do the right things the wrong way? And you won't see a lot of fruit from it? Psalm 78, I told my wife this afternoon, she came in the office before we went home for supper, and I said, you know, I was thinking about David and how God chose David in Psalm 78. Let me read this for you real quick. Turn there with me tonight. Let's look at it together. Psalm 78, got a little bit of spare time tonight. Psalm 78, look down at verse number 70, I believe it is. Yeah. Psalm 78, look at at verse 70. Notice the first three words, if you will. The Bible says, he chose David. Now here's God picking favorites again. God's just randomly picking out people that he wants to use. The Bible says he chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From the following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So here's David chasing these these lambs around. Basically, David's like a babysitter. He's like a, a nanny for these sheep that are out there. The Bible says in verse 72, so he fed them. According to the integrity of his heart, and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. So God chose David, and He tells you a little snippet of why He chose David. He chose him because he was faithful to follow the youth, great with uh, great with young. But verse seventy-two really holds the lynch the clinch pin here. Verse seventy-two says that He guided them by the skillfulness of His hands. You'll never believe this, but I looked up the word skillfulness. And the word skillfulness means wisdom. As God looked down and God was looking for someone, listen, to lead his people. God says, I need someone to lead my people. And I don't want somebody just to do it out of obligation. I want somebody to do it the right way. And so he chose David because he watched David look after the interest of his father. He watched David lead those sheep with wisdom. And God says, if he'll lead those sheep with wisdom, then he'll lead my sheep with wisdom. You see, folks, we've got to care enough about those that we're called to reach to ask God for wisdom. We've got to care enough. We cannot be just satisfied. I'm going to go knock 50 doors on Saturday and invite 50 people to church. and I'm going to pass out 50 tracts so that I can say I did my churchy job this week. No, if we want to reach those who are without, we're going to ask God for wisdom to not only go, but to go in the right way because we care for those that are without. This is why he chose David. In David's wisdom, he showed God the interest that he would have in his father's sheep because of what he had done with his dad's sheep. Now, let me ask you tonight, when was the last time you prayed for wisdom? Wisdom. When was the last time you asked God? I'm not talking about God is good, God is great, Lord, give me wisdom, amen. When was the last time you begged God for wisdom? Say, God, I want to be used of you. I want to be like Stephen. I want to be like Joshua. I want to be like Moses. I want to be like David. I want to be used of you. I want you to say, hey, I need a servant to fulfill this role, and that guy right there is the guy. It's going to require wisdom. And the wisdom shows God tonight that you have to rely on him. Wisdom shows God tonight that you want to be used. Asking for wisdom tonight and choosing wisdom shows God that you care about those that he's called you to reach. I assure you, you can go out and get all the intelligence that you want, but it's going to take wisdom to reach those that God has called us to reach. And I think tonight what the church needs more than anything is just a good old-fashioned revival where we spend time on our knees, getting right with God, number one. And then number two, begging God for wisdom. Say, God, show us how you want this done. Show me not only what to say, but how you want me to say it. God, show me who you want me to be and how you want me to live and how you want me to fulfill your will. And I will set all of my vain imaginations aside And I will adopt your wisdom that I might fulfill your will. I'll tell you this tonight in closing. It's worth it. It's worth it to be used of God because you chose the wisdom of God. It's worth seeing God do something through your life beyond your mere human intelligence. It's worth seeing what God could do through you and beyond you. But it's going to require wisdom. Spending time on our knees. And as the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Well, I don't have that. Well, the good news is it's available. With our heads bowed tonight and eyes closed, heads are bowed, eyes are closed.